welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's discussing issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jara Stone, and back in studio with us for a second episode, third episode, we're discussing the same thing. We got Tim. Yay! Yay! Witches and trials. Hello, I am Tim. Maybe a little less Pope-itics? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so from here on out, the... um, the popery starts to take a back seat. Um, good, it was starting to smell in here. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, I love me a good popery. They're really tasty, but uh, it just... Oh. There's just so many Johns. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. And Johns and Innocents and Benefices and Gregories. and. Uh, but then again, there were a lot of Henrys in the Kings. That's true. Yeah, uh, which, you know, both England and France had Henry for Kings. Different kings, but anyway. Um, so, I, if I remember correctly, we left off with the Spanish Inquisition. That was unexpected. Yes, it was. Um, now, But it wasn't. That's true. It was not unexpected because, historically speaking, the Inquisitors had to give each of the different churches and dioceses and areas that they were going to at least a 30-day notice before they got out there. So Okay, we're planning on leaving. Yeah. It's going to be a 30-day right, so... trip to get to London from here. Let's send them a telegram ahead of time. They didn't have telegrams. It was it was uh, it Let's was... send them a pigeon ahead of time. They didn't have pigeons. Pigeons weren't around back what then. The f- <laughs> Evolved in the last 500 years? Yes, yes, they did. Oh. Um, actually, I mean, really, fun fact. No, fun no. fact. <laughs> um, pigeon uh-huh. is French for dove. So whenever we're talking about pigeons, we're just calling them doves because they, um, physiologically, they are in the dove family. That makes sense. They're just gray. The more you know. Um, so, uh, going past popies, um, so, now, I do have to mention, um, one final thing about Pope guys, um, because in 1486... You just made me a liar to all of my listeners. Hold on! 1486! This is important. All right. This is, this is where it really starts to get wicked. I'm holding my tits oh. for 1486! God, thank you. <laughs> um, Pope Innocent Eighth. See, so many. I know, I know. But he authorized two German monks to investigate accusations of witchcraft as heresy, threatening those who interfered with their work. A papal bull authorizing the correcting, imprisoning, punishing, and chastising of devil worshippers who have, quote, slain infants, among other crimes. He did so at the request of an inquisitor by the name of Heinrich Kramer. Oh no! Uh, who had been? Heimer. Yep, uh, who had been refused permission by local bishops in Germany to investigate. However, historians like Ludwig von Pastor insist that the bull neither allowed anything new nor was necessarily binding on the Catholic concessions. But anybody who knows anything about history with witches know the name Heinrich Kramer, who was the original author of the Malleus Maleficarum. The get, Hammer of Witches. Get your mm-hmm. hammer away from me. Right. And so he started writing this, and he didn't finish it. Um, Jerry Springer finished writing it for him. Hmm. Springer? Yeah. Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry. Jer- no. Um. No. <laughs> wrong, wrong Springer. We wrong. Don't, wrong. We yes. don't cheer this one. Um, so that, if you could say there was one book 
or one thing that was actually written to condemn witches, it was the Malleus Maleficarum. In this, it basically was a checklist of if this person did this, they're a witch. If the person did this, they're a witch. And not only was it a checklist of figuring out if they're a witch or not, but also what punishments they should have been given. It just sounds like it wouldn't be that big of a book, but every time you see it in Hollywood, they oh, make yeah. it like this huge ass tomb. And it's um, like, what the shit? How'd you carry that around? It was it wasn't a huge book because you know Hollywood likes to overemphasize things like mm-hmm. the size of my penis, and um, I'm not nope. <laughs> you don't want to touch I, that. I got nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm dirty by the way. Just to let you guys know who's listening. Um, so from there, we're we're gonna we're gonna try not to talk too much about the popes anymore. Um, the only reason why is because two main things happen. Number one, the rise of witch trials start in roughly the 1500s. So mm-hmm. 1500s is where, after 1486, and after the Spanish Inquisition was commissioned by Ferdinand and Isabella, um, the 1500s was really and truly the beginning of the burning years, which is what you know we have been leading up to this entire time. Um, another main thing that was happening was on October 31st in like 1517 a um a monk by the name of Martin Luther got nailed on the church steps in Wittenberg and uh he uh, no he didn't get nailed he nailed, he nailed a thing yes, he yeah. nailed his 95 thesis to uh, and see there's there's like two different thoughts here it was either the door or it was like a common board you know, where people put up um, all different kinds of things. Now, he did this on October 31st because it was the beginning of All Hallowtide Mass. and Everybody all... would be going through the door. Exactly. Everybody would go through the door and they would see, oh, what's this paper nailed up here? And oh, this is new news. What kind of new news yeah. is on the Yeah, bed? well, we are going to be coming out of the church and we see this beautiful piece of paper. And in this piece of paper, they find out that the Pope is very, very bad man. It's not a lost dog sign. I thought it would yeah. be a lost dog sign. Yeah, no, no. It's it was a, a lost God sign. Your oh. dyslexia is kicking in again. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. no, it's cool. You um, know, they don't really have very good tutors these days. Well, no, the tutors kind of died out in the 1500s, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> English joke. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so Protestantism comes into the play. And like the fans of flames that were flames that were fire fire burning just burning yes um so like the the flames of fire that were fanned out to start protestant reformation and to change from the catholic church to being the direct contact with god so did witchcraft trials because the Protestants, um, from this point forward, were the ones who really, really, really wanted to nail those witches hard, and not in the fun, kinky way. Um, I have yeah. no clue what just happened. Neither do I. The Protestants became a thing, and they yep. really did not like curtain witches yeah. more than the Catholics. More than the Catholics. The Catholics were like, we could put up with this shit. I mean, we want to make sure it's well-defined, well-understood. Everybody knows what mm-hmm. the hell a witch is and how to deal with them, and that's about it. 
So they pretty much went all extremist on it. Yeah, the Super. Protestants were like, oh, okay. well, we're not the Catholics. And you know what? We're going to clean up the streets of these witches. Yes. Mm. It's pretty much everything that we just covered the last mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You good now? I'm good. I'm good. All right. I'm caught up. Okay. Cool. Okay. Good. All right. You were here um, the whole time, though. Kind of. Was he, though? I'm pretty sure he made <clears throat> comments. Right. So, uh, 1532, <laughs> Emperor Charles V declared that harmful witchcraft, harmful witchcraft not unharmful witchcraft but harmful witchcraft should be punished by death by fire so this is where the burning of the witches came in 1532 smells like hair yeah right a bad perm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and burning fat um 1542 we're gonna hop over from the mainland to go to england english law made witchcraft a secular crime and didn't change that no, they didn't. So it has now gone from a matter of um, a problem with the church to a matter of a problem with the rest of the world. So now you, if you say this person is a witch and they say, oh, I'm in the church, I can't be tried for that. That's no longer the case. Now anybody can be tried as a witch in 1542. Because now it's a legal government thing. Mm-hmm. The government stuck their nose in church. Now, um, I, I know I mentioned last time, last uh, podcast we, uh, that I was going to talk about numbers. Um, this is a great time to pull in some raw data and facts that has been compiled. Now, I know um, it is popular to say millions of witches died during the burning years. Guess what? It no. wasn't no, millions. No. No, at the most estimate, um, 80,000 people were tried and executed. Now, there were more that were tried and exonerated, but actual execution, the top number is about 80,000. In Europe. In Europe yeah. alone, yes. Well, and, and how many of those would have actually been witches, too? Because right. if they can just say, hey, that person's a witch, they looked at me weird. Mm-hmm. Not in the way that we look at and call ourselves in this yeah. room witches. Right. Definitely not. No, they were all Christian or innocent people that just, yeah. Christian, innocent people, Jews, Muslims, okay. anybody that they didn't like, you know, oh, you're wearing an orange shirt today? You're a witch. You must be burned. Sorry, teeth. It's your fault. You're, you wore the orange. Yeah. I don't make up the rules. It's in the Malleus Maleficarum. Orange is an indication of witchcraft. You're oh. just so bright. <laughs> so, um, the best modern estimates suggest that about three quarters of those executed for witchcraft in Europe were women. Only three quarters. Because that was also a very, very popular misconception is that it was all women who were killed. No. That's not there even the case for men. Salem. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so men and women appear to have been equally vulnerable to the accusations in part of France, while men outnumbered women as suspects in some countries on the periphery, such as Iceland and Estonia. Um, I'm going to put a pin on Iceland because it's an awesome story I just read about last night. Uh, now these figures were outweighed, however, by those from Germany and Scotland, where some 70% of the accused were women. And regions like Hungary, Denmark, and England, where 90% of the witches were female. The potential influence of sexual stereotypes on prosecutions was illustrated as a list of, quote, presumptions against witches drawn up for the JPs, the Justices of the Peace, in Yorkshire in 1592. 
Now, the presumption was, and this is a direct quote, that they were mostly commonly weak women. And why is it that women were accused a lot? Because women had power. Even in the Middle Ages, um, if you look at Jewish history, when it comes to the day-to-day living inside the home, the woman rules the house. Yep. And that still continued on all throughout history. Now, there were also women that were um, women of their own means, whether it was through um, agriculture or through um, sexual prostitution. But there were a lot of women who definitely had their own power. And the easiest way to take those women out were to say, you're a witch. She could be burned. It's in the law. We're good now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was super fucked up. Um, now, also, this, uh, this quote that I was reading, rambling through, um, is actually from um, one of the many textbooks that I got while I was at ASU. Um, and it goes on to say that uh, Rebecca Larner, who did a lot of study and research into witches, um, she says that accusations were aimed primarily against witches rather than women through the social position of women I'm sorry, though the social position of women made them unusually vulnerable to prosecutions. According to her famous formulation, witchcraft was sex-related, but not sex-specific. Since it was never denied that men as well as women could be guilty of the crime, she argues that attempts to explain witch hunters in terms of the suppression of women by men distract historians from the wider political and religious context of the persecutions. It's necessary first to explain why Europeans came to accept the reality of satanic witchcraft, and then to consider why women were specifically vulnerable to accusations. So, I know that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, so, when it gets right down to it, anybody could have been accused. It's just there was a higher percentage that was women. Now... I wanted to look up to see what happened in Iceland and in Estonia. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. Um, in Iceland, it was um, Jan. I know his name was Jan. Um, there were two Jans. There was Jan Magnuson and Jan Jansen. Again with the Jans. Yeah. <laughs> because the Jans is very nice. Um, oh, shit, where did I put that? Okay, I'll go back to Jan in a second. Um, 1592. Uh, the Baltic German nobleman and landowner Johann von Mix accused his wife, Anna Zoigi, of having caused the death of his father and uh, the illness of himself by use of poison, and then was accused in witchcraft. This was the beginning of the Estonian trials. She then turned around and said, no, I wasn't the witch. He was the witch. And him and several other of his friends were executed as witches. Oh, girl, go. Yeah, yeah. So, girl power. Um, now, in um, Iceland, Jan Magnusson accused John Johnson. I'm just going to say John because, whatever. John Johnson and his son, John Johnson, of witchcraft because... They were just so concerned with their Johnson. They were. Mm-hmm. Well, the younger of the Johns, Johnson, cast a runic farting spell. <laughs> Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's right up Jerazelli. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, okay, I need to know more about this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find it. I swear to God, I wrote all this shit down, and it's brilliant. Oh, it's at the bottom. It's at the bottom of all my notes. Of course it's at 
at the yes, bottom. Yes, of course it's at the bottom. <laughs> um, I, I just I just love the fact that, that the term runic farting, farting. spell yes. just came yes. out of your mouth. Uh, when I first read it, I was like, no, this cannot be a thing. But no, 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 it was a thing. So what they would do is they would write very specific runes to cast a spell on a very specific person. This person, in case, happened to have been a milkmaid that spurned Yan Yang the Younger. Yan Yan the Younger. And um, so he was like, fuck it, I'm going to cast a spell on you, which gives you um, gastrointestinal distress, a.k.a. diarrhea, and your stomach fills up with so much gas that all you do is fart for an entire year. You can't be a milkmaid at that point. Nope. No. <laughs> I mean, you would fit right in with the cows because yeah. they fart all the you time. Can, you but... can milk the cows, oh, wow. but you can't deliver the milk. Yeah, because farting, it's a thing. People don't want you near their front door. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, milk's here. How do you know? <laughs> oh, here is your milk today. Yawn, what did you do to my butt? So there Thank is... Thank you, Greta. You can move on now, Greta. So there was a book that um, somebody did all the research about this particular case, as well as many others, entitled um, Grimoire's A History of Magic, um, written by Owen Davies. And in this... Um, he said that in 1656, which is when the farting incident happened, um, the instructions to the reader was to write a series of runic symbols on in blood on white calfskin, which, quote, are to affect your belly with a great shitting and shooting pains. <laughs> <laughs> and all these may affect your belly with very great farting. Um, may your bones split asunder, may your guts burst, may your farting never stop, neither day nor night, may you become so weak as the fiend Loki, who was snared by all the gods. This was written in the Janssen's Grimoire. <laughs> oh, man. Hashtag research win. I, I need I need to learn the spell. I got a couple people. I need to uh, okay. Yeah, I need to cast um, this on. I'm ordering the book. Okay. So so when it comes, I know I have to share it with my aunt. Hello, Alma. I love you. Um, <laughs> and I'm definitely gonna share it with other people as well. Yeah. Cause holy shit! Literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so uh, 1560 to 1630, majority of the European trials. Uh, the first major persecution in Europe was 1563. Which in which witches were caught, tried, convicted, and burned in the imperial lordship of Weissensteig, Weissensteig in southern Germany. Weissensteig. Weissensteig, yeah. Weissensteig. Now, oh. this was recorded in 1563 in a pamphlet that translates the title to True and Horrifying Deeds of 63 Witches. I'm still trying to track down an English copy of that to read just because I want to read it. Um, now, we're going to fast forward a little bit here. Um, because the burning times were horrible, terrible things, and there's a lot of different trials that happened. And in the book, I'm actually going to give when the first incident happened in each country and raw numbers from each country as to how many people were tried and executed as witches, whether it was burnt or pressed or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, but we're going to skip from here 
to merry old England to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. Okay. But first, we're going to take a short break. Oh, but first. But first. We're going <laughs> to... Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout-out at the end of the next full-length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank you card in the mail with a Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute minisodes. Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pagan Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. All right, and we are back, uh, going back into the whole burning times. I know we're starting to get into uh, uh, the the meat and potatoes yes. of this. Yeah. So uh, we just we, we just visited Iceland. Mm-hmm. You know, farting ru- spell. Runic farting spell. Yeah. Uh, Estonia. Estonia. Oh, actually, I completely forgot to say something about Estonia. Okay. Um, in Estonia, not only... Um, actually, Estonia, Lithuania, all those Onias up in that area. Not only did they have witch trials, but they also had werewolf trials as well at the exact same time. Mm. And we thought that was an Irish thing. Yeah, no, no. There were there were in the 1500s. There were many werewolf trials that happened in the upper Baltic states, um, and uh, they basically equated them to the same thing. As witchcraft, so no matter what, it was heresy for you to become hairy. It was heresy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Um, now werewolf's just a really good game to play at con. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah werewolf in the dark. The card game. Yeah. Also known as mafia. Yeah. I have that game. We'll Secret play Hitler. it. Secret yeah. Hitler. Yeah. We'll play it. <laughs> Secret Hitler. Yeah. 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 It's it's all it's, it's all the totally same game. It's totally a thing. I prefer werewolf. Secret Hitler was like from the sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm anyway, showing my age. Yeah. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, now that was going on in Estonia, in Russia during all of this time, um, fifteen fifty two. Ivan IV, also known as uh, Ivan Grozny, better known as Ivan the Terrible, Ivan Vasilevich, whatever you want to call him, um, he actually issued a decree declaring witch trials were to be civil matters rather than church matters in Russia. And there is like another whole huge rabbit hole about the Russian witch trials, because most people focus on um, Central Europe, um, specifically Spain, France, Germany, Italy and England, um, but they also, you know, they cut out the whole Russian aspect. So that will be in the book because nice. I love Russian history, and uh, Ivan Grozny was one of my absolute favorite uh, Russian uh, monarchs of all time. Um, but anyway, now 1559. Yeah, I know we're we're kind of crawling here, but at the same time, this is the next huge point. Denmark became the first country in Scandinavia to have official witch trials. And this is important because the royal ordinance was issued by Christian IV, who condemned witchcraft and declared all of those found guilty to be burned. It was estimated about 2,000 witches were tried in Denmark, with around half of them being executed. So about 1,000 people were burned at the stake. Now, the reason why Christian IV is important is in 1589... 
King James VI of Scotland, also to become King James I of England, a unified Scotland and England, married Princess Anne of Denmark, who was 14 at the time, but, you know, it's a, it's a context thing. And they had a really bad travel experience. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where I'm getting to. Now, Princess Anne of Denmark is the sister of Christian IV. So, all of the King James witch trials that happened in Scotland and England were because he became obsessed with witchcraft after marrying her. So, what the story is, is she got on a boat to leave from Oslo to go to Scotland um, so that they could consummate their marriage. Bad storm happens. So, she goes back home. Tries it again a few months later. Bad storm happens. She gets on a boat, goes back home. James, in the only romantic gesture that he gave his entire life, got in his own boat with 300 other people, like a fleet of 300, I think. I don't remember. But he hiked it over there, got married to her over there. Then they like traveled and toured all around in Denmark and left from there to come back home. Another storm. Now, what was happening during that time period they say that there was a group of witches. I know that definitely Gilly Duncan was one of the names, and there was another one, Agnes something or other. Um, but they were they were being tried. About a hundred witches were being tried, as well as Francis Stuart Hepburn, aka the fifth Earl of Bothwell, who was the last Earl of Bothwell. They were all tried for witchcraft and heresy because. Around the time that the princess was trying to come across the ocean, they were caught on the cliffs of Scotland doing dances and satanic rituals and whatnot. So it was after all of this that happened that King James himself was like, you know what, I think we mistranslated the Bible and we need to write a new translation of the Bible. It's not poisoners. No. So, Ezekiel 25, we all know this verse, you know, thou shalt not let a witch suffer to live, or however he words it. In other words, kill all witches. Um, The actual original translation, as best as possible, from the Hebrew is, you should not let bad people live. This also, in context, goes along with, here's talking about um, people who rob, people who cheat, people who swindle. Um, all of these bad people, not anything satanic or witchcraft at all, was in the original book, the uh, the original Hebrew of Ezekiel. It was King James who changed it to not letting a witch to live because he became so obsessed with witchcraft while he was in Denmark and watching all of the Danish witch trials. Um, he also included other verses and changed the translations to say witchcraft bad, witchcraft bad, witchcraft bad. We're just going to put... Yes, yes. Yeah, we're just sprinkle, gonna... sprinkle a little bit of witchcraft. Okay, there we bad. go. Um, now, he also wrote a book called Demonology, which was his interpretation of witches. Later on in life, he decided, well, maybe witches really aren't a thing, and they're not that bad. So he took everything back. But you can't. <laughs> but you can't. You can't take back what's written. Um, now, a side note on Earl of Bothwell and the um, a New Brunswick. New Brunswick? Um, Would it be Brunswick? Yes. Because New Brunswick's in New Jersey. I know. I was born there. Yeah. Um, Side note on the witch trial that happened at that point in time. 
Um, Bothwell and Gilly Duncan were quoted in two different instances, one in 1591 and one in 1593, of saying a magical incantation that was come or go ye before come or go ye if ye will not go before come or let me which was then in the 1800s put to a tune and my band far from home sings the witch is real Hmm. yes so the witch is real and i didn't know this until the day before i was giving my oral presentation for my capstone paper the witch is real ties directly into the Salem witch trials because it goes from King James with the witch is real song to Puritans who then took the King James translation of the Bible and used it solely as their definitive Bible translation. And then the Puritans, of course, after um, they decided that they didn't want to stay in England anymore. They came over to the New Colonies, which is was named after Amerigo Vespucci, which we all know as Northern America. Um, the Puritans came over to America, and then Salem happens several years later, in 1591 to 1592. Now, that was not the first nor the last witch trials in America. Uh, there was actually a guy in Tennessee in like the late 1800s that was tried as a witchcraft or as a witch. Yeah, um, more research on him later. <laughs> so there is, in a nutshell, and I have to say in a nutshell because there are so many subtle nuances that I skipped over and glossed over um, due to time constraints of how we went from people going out and being part of the Dionysus ancient um, mystery cult to being burnt at the stake in England, in the American colonies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so convoluted and it's absolutely fascinating. All the little, um, little tidbits that I have uncovered over the years. Um, Also, Oh, another side note, speaking of Salem, uh, my wife found out that she um, was adopted at an early age, and she has been constantly trying to find her birth parents. Um, through the magic and uh, science of Ancestry and 23andMe, we have actually found um, blood relatives of hers. It is her grandfather's sister, whom we call Aunt Annie, and she's an amazing human, Um Aunt Annie and another cousin who was adopted. <laughs> She's a first cousin, but she was adopted to a different family as well. They both found Aunt Annie. And um, the cousin did some research, and they can trace their family lineage, which the last name is Cole, all the way back to Rebecca Nurse, one of the first witches mm-hmm. tried and convict and executed at Salem. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, not only is this um, uh, research important to me, but it's also important to her because, you know, it gives her a closer connection to the inner witch that she always has been. And it could it could definitely be something. Uh, it's a calling by proxy. Yeah. You know, putting putting this information out there and getting the real story mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I'm spent. 
<laughs> I know you guys are listening to this on two different days, but we recorded this all in one afternoon. Because yes. so, we're crazy like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to get you and Kevin Smith in a room together just, oh my to, God. just to talk. I would just fucking love to talk with Kevin Smith. Yeah. That man is amazing. I, I would yeah, I would even be okay with Jason Mewes sitting over there jerking off in the corner while we're talking, you know, because <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I do have to say, I'm really impressed with the fact that Jason Mewes has completely turned his life around and gotten away from the um, terrible substances that he was on for a good chunk of his life and has made a complete recovery. So. Oh, yeah. And today we want to thank our newest Patreon supporter, Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank if you, you thank are you. not a Patreon supporter, obviously you learned about how to become a Patreon supporter in our break. So thank you. Please think about going and being a Patreon supporter. Yes. So, Jara, how do people find you? Uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Jara Stone, uh, on the Instagrams as uh, Haggard underscore Hagrid underscore Cosplay. And, uh, of course, you can always just, you know, see my lovely face on the interwebs. It is lovely. Yes. And, Tim, if somebody wants to start a, a witch war with you, where can they find you? Um, we can totally have a witch off at the Saguaro branch of the Phoenix Library. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am easily found online through um, Far From Home. That's my band. Um, also, we have a subdivision for education called Far From Home Presents. We do a lot of uh, conventions, and uh, um, we don't do a huge amount of posting on there, sadly, because other life takes over. But uh, just look up Far From Home Presents, and um, you can also find me on my personal um, Facebook page, which is Tim Schaefer, spelled S-H-A-F-E-R. I don't care if people like me, friend me, follow me, whatever. My life is an open book. Stalk you. Stalk me, please. I already do. I know, and I love it. <laughs> and I love you. Stop touching each other. No, no, sorry. no. Oh, mm, damn it. Later. Yes. Thank God we're not on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Well, video on YouTube. Right, that. And you can find me, Autumn Wolf, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Millennial Pagan Pod. And you can read my blog at Iron Wolf Circle. On WordPress. So you don't, you don't have uh, YouTube personally? No. So you can't say that you have a U-Twit faceogram? No. Okay. Uh, the pod does have a U-Twit faceogram. U-Twit faceogram. Um, you yeah. can find the pod, of course, on Facebook as Millennial Pig and Fod Podcast. Millennial Pig and Frogcast is the wrong one. Those are the frogs that I turned disgruntled guests. I'm gruntled. I'm super gruntled. I am above gruntled. You are the most pleasantly grumpled. I don't even know. Pleasantly it, 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 like, yeah. It's like whelmed. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. can be whelmed. Oh, you can totally be whelmed. Whelmed. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, you can also find Millennial Pagan Pod at Pagan Pod on Twitter and Insta. And you can email us at millennialpaganpod at gmail.com. And big, big thank you to uh, to Tim for doing the doing this research and we look forward to Absolutely. getting that book out there because that, yeah. that's going to be definitely awesome so yeah and i really and truly thank you guys so much for having me on no, here it's a you. lot of fun um now it makes me want to do my own podcast Ooh, i think i'll call it ktim all tim all the time ktmi
<laughs> no, TMI is not how you spell my name. And if you would like to have Tim back to talk about the North American witch trials, <gasps> oh, they're comment so wherever you can comment to this particular episode. Hey. Send us a message on any of those social medias. And, Teaser. Uh, yeah. It was more than just the continental North America. It was also up in Canada and down in the Caribbean islands that were uh, there were some witch trials down there too that's right wicked north wicked america, not, um, united states wicked no, awesome no, north america yeah and all of this was pre united states exactly everything was done before 1776 yeah nice yeah oh and yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, I was going to say the witch trials really kind of stopped because of scientific deductive reasoning, and <gasps> um, it was uh, jury trials. You had to have physical evidence in a jury trial before you can convict somebody. A.K.A. no more spectoral bullshit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even that. touch on the spectral evidence and the familiars and Cotton Mather, and I don't want to touch on Increase Mather because he was old and crusty. Um, he increased the crust (laughs) (laughs) well guys if you want to hear more about us talking about witch trials of all sorts of styles and different types of evidence and such then let us know Mm -hmm. but from all of us here merry meet merry part and And merry meet meet again again. who said meet that was me I'm thirsty oh